Welcome to Equip This Church Dunedin. We hope you enjoy this message from Pastor Desiree Levy. For more information, check out equipthischurch.com. My name is Desiree. It is a great privilege to be here with you and to be bringing the word um, this morning. Um, Pastor Will and Harper, my daughter, are up in Nelson. Um, You may take your seats, everybody. Um, Thank you, team. Um, They're in Nelson and um, helping Catherine, Pastor Catherine, up there um, with the church. And so they're also catching up with Willie's dad. Um, and his stepmom, so that's exciting, good times. Um, Harper was excited. She was hoping it was going to be warm enough to swim in their pool. I don't think so, but <laughs> that's what she was hoping for. Um, this morning, I am um, starting a new series that we're going to launch into here as a church called Gifted and Graced. And um, I'm pretty excited about this morning, to be honest. Um, this is probably my signature message. Like if there was something about me that I wanted you to know, this would probably be it. Um, and so I'm excited about what God has laid on my heart. And I just pray for those of you who have heard my testimony before, I pray that God reveals something new and fresh to you this morning. Um, There is great power in the Word of God, and um, every time I open it, there is freshness there for me, so I I pray that the same is true for you this morning. Um, Have you ever felt like you kind of don't belong? Like you might be a pink chicken in the middle of a field of zebras, and you're kind of like, one of these things just ain't like the others. (laughs) You know, you feel like you're a little bit different. Um, You know, we actually yearn at the base of our hearts, at the core of everything, to belong, to be part of something, to be part of a tribe, a community, a group. But really, far too often, that is actually not how we feel. We feel odd. (laughs) We feel left out. We feel like we're on the outside, not the inside. And there's a famous researcher that I love to quote many times, um, Brene Brown, and she spent these years studying um, and interviewing people about things that really matter at the core of who we are. Things like vulnerability and courage and worthiness. And she would say that all of these kind of really important things actually get caught up in the concept of belonging. Everything comes back to we want to be part of something. We want to belong. Something to experience real connection with one another. But not at the cost of our authenticity and our freedom and our free will. Um, I've got a couple of quotes for you that I want to start off with this morning by Brené. The first one is, hopefully they'll pop up and you can read along with me. Um, Belonging is the innate human desire to be part of something larger than us. Because this yearning is so primal, we often try to acquire it by fitting in and by seeking approval, which are not only hollow substitutes for belonging, but often barriers to it. Because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic, imperfect selves to the world. Our sense of belonging can never be greater than our level of self-acceptance. And the truth is, belonging starts with self-acceptance. Your level of belonging, this is another quote from her, in fact, can never be greater than your level of self-acceptance. Because believing that you're enough is what gives you the courage to be authentic, vulnerable, and imperfect. So belonging, being part of something, part of a church, part of a family, part of a gym, part of a workplace, is actually crucial to our overall well-being. But belonging only happens when we know who we are, 
when we can accept who we are, when we know how we've been fashioned, the things that make us us, the, the unique personalities, traits, giftings, and graces that come upon our lives. When we understand those, we can contribute them to the greater good, and community takes place. I'm going to share with you today some of my own journey on this road to self-acceptance. Um, and, and hopefully, in doing so, I hope that you will be bold and courageous and go on your own journey of self-acceptance. Because um, the truth is that you belong. You are part of this family. You're part of this church, this group of people, this collection of people. And I want you to know that, that you can be your authentic, true, imperfect self here. You are welcome. <laughs> you are part of our family, part of our crew. And um, I pray that there would be something that rises up on the inside of you this morning that says, I accept who I am, and I'm now going to contribute that to this community. Uh, the format of this message today is probably slightly um, different than normal. So you know how like we get kind of used to, like, here's my title, here's my three points, and then let's wrap this thing up. Anyone? Yeah, with me? Yeah? Um, so today it's slightly different than this, and um, I'm not going to give you three points about how to self-accept or about belonging or about any of those kind of things. Rather, I'm going to talk to you about a problem, I'm going to share my testimony, and then I'm going to give us a couple of solutions, and then we'll have some ministry and we'll see what God wants to do. Is that okay? Awesome. So in the title, I am going to give you a title because, you know, I can't move past it. The title of my message this morning is Gifted and Graced, but who am I? And I want to remind you this morning that you have been gifted and graced by God. There are unique things that he has placed in your heart that he wants to see flourish to full potential. And there's a couple of scriptures, um, some key scriptures found in Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12. Two passages of scripture we can learn about all these gifts and all these graces that, um, that God has actually made available to us, has bestowed upon us and wants to work through us in. And the first I want to talk to us about is Romans 12, verses 6 to 12. And it says this, In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving, serve well. If you're a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you a leadership ability, take that responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Don't just pretend to love others, really love them. Hate what is wrong, hold tightly to what is good, love each other with genuine affection, and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope, be patient in trouble, and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them, always eager to practice hospitality. You know, this passage of Scripture, Romans 12, um, I refer to this, and I've heard it spoken about, that these are called the motivational gifts of God. How we have been wired, the motivation, what motivates you, what just comes out of you naturally, what just comes out of you on a regular basis. How you're wired, the things that you think or you take for granted, but actually other people see a great gift and a great grace in that. I love, something I love about this passage of scripture too is that it comes straight after Romans 12, 1 to 2. And Romans 12, 1 to 2 says, don't be conformed to the pattern of the world, 
but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then it launches into, hey, this is how I've made you. I've made you this way. I've made you with gifts of encouragement, with gifts of serving, with gifts of prophecy, with gifts of teaching. So if you want to be transformed by the renewing of your mind, understand how I've made you. Understand the things that are within you that make you tick. And then 1 Corinthians 12, the other most well-known passage about gifts and grace and scripture and gifts and grace in the scriptures. 1 Corinthians 12, verses 4 to 12. And often we refer to these gifts as the manifestation gifts, the power of the Holy Spirit at work within you to express himself. There are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but the same Spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same Lord. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. To another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge. The same Spirit gives great faith to another. And to someone else, the one Spirit gives the gift of healing. He gives one person the power to perform miracles and the other an ability to prophesy. He gives someone else the ability to discern whether there are messages from the Spirit of God or from another Spirit. Still, another person is given the ability to speak in unknown languages while another is given the ability to interpret what is being said. It's the one and only Spirit who distributes these gifts. He alone decides which gift each person should have. You know, um, the New King James translation of this passage of Scripture heads up what I've just read. Unity in diversity. Quite often we wouldn't put those two words together, would we? But I could camp on that statement all day. When I read that, I was stopped in my tracks. Unity in diversity. Imagine if we all understood that we have been gifted and graced in different and diverse ways, but together something beautiful could erupt. Together a body could be formed. Together a community could be formed. Together something more miraculous than just the single parts. Pretty amazing. Unity in diversity. But you know, here's the problem. It's my belief that the enemy would love to keep us individually suppressed and oppressed under a blanket of insecurity and intimidation, control and worry and fear and anxiety, so that we would shrink back instead of pressing in. That instead of contributing our unique gifts and graces to the greater good, we'd pull back and go, I couldn't. No, that makes me too nervous. No, what will people think of me? No. And instead, we're kept living back there and not in community and not together and not helping one another. I'd love to undo the shackles of your mind today. And set your heart free to understand how God has wired you. And once you can confidently and boldly stand on that truth, contribute that to the greater good. Isaiah 52.2 says, Shake yourself from the dust. Arise. Loose yourself from the bonds of your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. I want to be free from chains. I want to be loosened this morning, and I pray that that's a cry of your heart too, where you have felt your world closing in. 
and restriction holding you back. It's my prayer this morning that you'll bust forth. There'd be an awakening. There'd be a shaking off and a stepping into all that God has for you. We need to approve of ourselves. We need to affirm what God says about us. We need to know who we are at the core of everything so that we can boldly step into all that he has for us. A friend, she may or may not be sitting on the front row this morning, sent me a card once, and it had this little girl on the front dressed up like a superhero. She had her undies on the outside, yes, (laughs) and a pink cape and fluffy slippers. And the caption on this card or the thing on this card just said, life is too short to blend in. Life is too short to spend our whole time worrying about what other people are thinking of us and not being who God has truly created us to be. So today, I want us to unpack a little bit about who God says we are. I want us to go on a journey of transformation, of renewal, of some new thinking, some rewiring of some default settings so that we can step out of some of the stuff that's holding us back here and we can launch into all the things that God has for us out here. Ephesians 4 verse 1 says, I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. You know, we can't live that way with that kind of purpose if we're living back here. If we're held back, if we're restricted, if we're hemmed in. But once we know who we are, with a little bit more courage, we can step into the calling, the stuff that God has for us to walk into. Um, I have some words that I would love for us to redefine our lives by. And um, I've got a couple of slides, and we're just going to work our way through a couple of these slides right now. And I really want us to let something, the Spirit of God, erupt in our heart. I want something to leap this morning as we unpack just a couple of these thoughts. Could you imagine redefining your life by these kind of words instead of some of the words that I know you've got circling around there right now? I am chosen and anointed. I am more valuable than diamonds. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am virtuous and capable. I am a new creation. I am honored by God. I am strong. I am set apart by God. I am created and designed in God's likeness, righteous and holy and true. I am a temple, home to the Holy Spirit. I am called by God. I am saved. I am blessed. I am rescued by God because he delights in me. I am victorious and I am loved beyond measure. It really annoys me that bad stuff is way easier to believe. So those statements, I could almost hear you taking a gasp. Am I? Am I blessed? Am I chosen? Am I set apart? Am I free? Am I whole? Am I true? Am I righteous? Am I capable? Would it have been easier if I said things like, I'm not good enough? I'm not worthy of this friend or of this job. I'm not a good friend. No one loves me. I'm not clever. In fact, I'm stupid. I will never measure up. I'm ugly. I'm fat. I'm unhappy. 
Let's reset some default settings. <laughs> Let's do some work in the spirit today where those things are not the things that we gravitate towards, but rather we gravitate towards the word of God, the promises of God, the truth of God, so the things that he has said about us. God needs us to represent him well. He needs us to show off his glory, to make his name famous. And we can't do that when we're living in restriction and captivity and lack. And we need to come forward into all that God has designed us for. It's in Christ we find out who we are and what we are living for. Ephesians 1 verse 11. So a little piece of my testimony, a little piece of my story. Um, insecurity is really nasty, and it kind of exists, I would think, in every single one of us. Uh, for years, I suffered from this um, fear of rejection, a fear of not being good enough, a fear of not measuring up, a fear of not being important to anybody else, and my worth and how I felt about myself and my value was really driven about what other people said about me or what I thought they were saying about me, <laughs> their actions or their reactions towards me. I was at the emotional whim of other people. It's really not a healthy place to be. And I'll tell you why. Other people are unstable too. <laughs> and I was at the whim of their emotions or my interpretation of their behaviours and actions towards me. It was a lose-lose situation. Other people are never going to be enough to make you strong and confident and to understand how God has wired you on the inside. Um, one day in my life, I was 25, so we're talking 20 years ago. 20 years ago, I had a life-changing, radical encounter with my Savior. I have known Jesus since I was born, so I am privileged to have grown up in a home that honors God, that loves God, that worships God on a daily basis, and I've known him from a really small child. But at 25, I had a roadblock in my life. And if you're in your mid-20s, anybody in their mid-20s here, and you've... <laughs> thank you, Graham. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think, you know, if you're mid-20s, I love it when, um, I love it when uh, those of you who are in your mid-20s come to me and say, I'm at a loss. I don't know who I am. Is this all there is? And I'm like, you're exactly where I'd expect you to be. <laughs> You are doing exactly what I would expect you to do right now. Explore this. Go on the journey. Figure it out. Do the work now so that you can launch into the next season of your life strong, courageous, knowing who you are, confident, free from some of the baggage, stepping into all that God has for you. So I was 25 and um, Will and I were living in London, and um, we were exploring the world, and we were, had great jobs, and um, we were banking a lot of money, you know, all those kind of things that everyone would think, woohoo! And I have what I have lovingly termed my quarter-life crisis. And I refuse to have a midlife crisis, so I'm done now, people, but I had my 25-year-old quarter-life crisis. And um, I, sent, I sent Will off to work, and I was kind of just at a really low ebb. Um, a lot of anxiety, a lot of pain, a lot of um, hurt, really confusing rejection issues, just taking over my thinking, and I just couldn't find my way clear. And it's just like a cloud that sits upon your thinking. And, um, and I wrote in my journal that day, because I've always been quite a, um, a journaler, but not like a diary, like not dear diary, you know. No, just more like, <laughs> these are my thoughts, this is where I'm at, 
let's move on. And um, I wrote in my journal that day, um, there's no way that I could be used by God. I'm not worthy. How could I possibly think I could do anything of worth or significance or goodness for God? I am not important. I'm not even a good friend to other people. I'm not important to the people that I live life with every day. How could I possibly be used by God for kingdom purpose? And um, that was kind of a pretty dark moment um, in, in my history. And I sent Will off to work, and I think he was a little bit concerned. I should hope he was concerned um, because of the state of me. Um, but I took the day off work, and I, I sat before God. And I did one of those things that um, we often don't recommend to people, but it, this is my moment in time. And um, I just picked up the Bible, and I biffed it at the wall. <laughs> Lucky it wasn't something heavier and worse. But anyway, biffed the Bible at the wall and, um, and I said to God, you better speak to me because I don't really know where to go from here. I need something. I need you to minister to me. I need you to meet me right here where I am. And um, the Bible opened. This is why we tell you not to do this kind of thing because you might read something weird. But anyway, the, <laughs> the Bible opened on John 15. And John 15 has been my life passage from that moment forward. And John 15 is all about the vine and the branches and being attached to the source, getting what you need from the right place, attaching yourself to the source of all, the creator of all, the maker of all, and making sure that everything you need is coming from him and not from other people. He met me in that moment of desperation, and it positively changed my life forever. Here's what John 15 verses 1 to 4 says. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more. You have already been pruned for greater fruitfulness by the message I've given you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful apart from me. And then I skipped down to verse 16. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce fruit that will last so that the Father will give you whatever you ask for using my name. That morning in my one-bedroom flat in central city London, God met me in my moment of darkness, and he said, I am all you need. I have everything you need. You need to get what you need from me, not from anyone else. Stop looking around. Stop looking around at the zebras. Be the pink chicken. Get what you need from me right now. I need you to hear from me. Yeah. Know me, and you'll know who you are. Yeah. Yeah. Find it in me. Remain in me. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I've called you by name. I've appointed you. You're mine. Hold. Get all you need from me. The solution to the problem that we are facing in life in general is that we need a greater revelation of who God is, and we need to allow him to reveal who we are. We need to stop with the counterfeits. We need to stop with the other stuff. We need to stop with the lies. We need to come back to the Word of God, to the truth, and we need to get everything that we need from Him. Yeah. Know who He is, and He'll tell you who you are. 
Matthew 16, verses 13 to 19. It's a story of where Jesus says to the disciples, hey, who do people say that I am? Be kind of like, you know, you asking your friend, so what do you think about me? This is what happens. Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they replied, some say this, and some say that, and some say this. And he said, well, who do you say I am? And Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, you are blessed, Simon, because my Father in heaven has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Now I say to you that you are Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Profound passage of scripture. Get a revelation of who God is, and he will tell you who you are. And he will build you so strong that nothing's going to be able to conquer that. You'll be formed on the rock. There'll be stability, security, and wholeness that comes into your life as a result of that revelation. God wants to whisper this morning, hey, know me. Would you really know me? And I will breathe in you. I will reveal things to you. I'll renew you. I'll restore you. I'll build you strong. A couple of simple things this morning. And, um, you know, sometimes you think, wow, is that a little bit too simple? I just really don't think we can go past it. I think sometimes we've lost the art of getting what we need from God. And I think we have muddied the waters with too much other stuff. And we need to come back to the source, come home, come back to the source this morning. How do you get a revelation of who God is? You ask him. You pray. You spend time with him. You talk to him. You say, God, reveal new things to me. I remember a season in my life where I wanted to understand all the words about, the descriptive words about who God is. And so I just wrote down all these words about who God is, the things that are said in the Bible, the things that are said in songs, the, thing, the things that I read, the devotionals, everything. Know God and you will know who you are. Could you prioritize him? You know, anyone, anyone knows, if I have coffee with anybody, one of the first questions is, how's your devotional life? How's that priority? How's that time? Have you spent that time with him? It's not asking for six hours a day, people. Five minutes will change your world. Ten minutes, 15 minutes, whatever it takes. Get in the word. Get in his presence. Get in the zone. Meet with him. Could you speak, declare, prophesy what God says? Could you appropriate his words and let them come out of your mouth and be what you say in the morning before anything else? And then get a revelation of who he says you are. This one's going to be a little tougher because we don't like to believe the things about us that we should believe. It's much easier to believe the bad stuff, much easier to believe the negative things, to let that story be the one that goes on. But we need to redefine our thinking. We need to understand who we are in the eyes of God. So I've got some practical steps for you this morning. Because this is not a five-second thing. Like the, the cry of my heart would be that you would not leave here this morning just thinking, oh, that was nice. No, the cry of my heart would be you'd leave this morning going, I am armed and dangerous. And I am off to do some work. I am off to do some battle. I am off to make some change in how I think and my actions. I want to know that I am gifted and graced. And what can I contribute to this community that I'm part of? 
So the solution, I've got a couple of things for you. I've got a short one and a long one. Okay? So if need be, you can start with the short one, and then we could move on to the long one. Or if you're really, like, gutso, like, you know, I went for the long version straight away. Because sometimes these things take some time, don't they? To embed, to cause change, to allow a new way of thinking to erupt. So the, the short form, here's the short form for you. Could you, sometime this week, grab a big piece of paper, put your name in the middle, and could you write some things about how God's made you? I call them a bubble diagram. Didn't really want to say it like that in case you all thought I was too juvenile, but that's what I call them, bubble diagram. Name in the middle, star out the side. Say some things, write some stuff about you. For example, what is your motivational gifting, your default setting? If you had to pick one out of Romans 12, what is it? Your spiritual giftings. Where are the areas of grace that you just operate so freely in with God that maybe you've come to take for granted a little bit? Could you write that down and recognize it as a gift and a grace? How about your personality strengths, the way that you've been wired? Could you list some personality characteristics, you know, and make sure these are positive words. I don't want to see things on there like bossy. No, we changed that guy. Leadership. You know, let's write the right kind of things down on our piece of paper. How about your areas of passion? What makes you feel great? What are the things you love to do? What do you love to leak out of your life? Where do you serve currently other people in your world, in your job, in your home? What about your sweet spot with God? Where does his grace just seem to flow out of you? Is it one-on-one with someone over coffee and you just breathe life? What is it? Is it working with kids? What is it? Where's your sweet spot? What has he been saying to you lately? For example, prophetic words. What has he said to you recently? And are you living there? What are you graced for? What scriptures are you currently living? What scriptures are landmarks in your life? Could they be some of your bullet points around your name? Holding you true to how you've been formed. I received a prophetic word once a long time ago. And this is now part of my story and part of my word and part of who I am. Um, And it just said, you're not nice anymore. And I was a little bit offended at the time, thinking, but I'm really nice. Everyone loves me. Uh, But actually, you know, the the rest of that prophetic word says, hey, step out of nice and step into some power. Stop trying to circle nice. That's okay. But could you be powerful? Could you use your words for good? Could there be some change that erupts from your life? That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Come on, grab a hold of the truth. What has God said? What's there for you to unpack? You know, this is something that we should be continually doing. It's not one and done. Um, You're a work in progress. Hate to tell it to you. (laughs) Hate for you to realize this right now, but you are a work in progress and you are not finished yet. There is stuff going on and there's things that God is developing. And it would be awesome for you to circle back to this. I do this every year. Circle back. God, how have you made me? What are the things you're adding to my life right now? What defines me in this current season? What are the things you are speaking and you are leading me into? Um, Just recently, for the last 18 months, I've been seeing a therapist, Um, a therapist to unpack some thinking and to deal with some, perhaps some unhealthy emotions that had kind of surfaced. And um, I'm a work in progress too, newsflash, (laughs) and I'm prepared to do the work. I'm prepared to put aside the time, 
so that I don't stay in a certain frame, in a certain way of thinking. And so I've dedicated some time over the last 18 months, and I've been very real with this lovely lady. And, um, you know, some things have been added to my understanding of who I am in this current season of my life, my acceptance of how I've been gifted and how I've been graced. And I champion those things in me. It's been revelation. It's been food for my soul. It's been truth that I now stand on. I have a deeper understanding of how truly I am loved by God. Deeper understanding. I have a more mature understanding of what it actually means to walk in peace. Not just give in to stuff, but create peace in environments that I walk into. I have a greater understanding on how I could bring some wisdom to different situations and not just rush in there. And how I could step out of my comfort zone and into my courage zone with a bit more passion and a bit more power. So that's the short form, okay? Name in the middle of a bit of paper. God, what do you say about me? Who do you say that I am? And then there's the long form. And so for me, this took place um, over a number of months, probably six to 12 months. Um, a who am I journal is what I called it. And um, after I had this moment with God where I threw the Bible and I asked for a revelation, I then went on the journey um, for the next six to 12 months. Every single time I opened the word, I wrote something down about myself as a result of it. So I opened the Bible every day and I read scripture and then I took one or two words and I decided they were for me. There's a few um, statistics floating around, and I tried to find the correct one, and there was no answer, so I'm just going to make some stuff up right now. Um, <laughs> basically, you only remember about 20% of what you hear. But if you hear it, you read it, you write it down, and you repeat it, then that percentage moves to about 80%. So if you really want to internalize some stuff, it's not enough just to hear it through, like, you know, reading the word. You've got to read it, write it down, own it, let it come out of your mouth. So writing down healthy thoughts about who God says you are will radically shift your understanding of how he's made you. You become what you say and what you see. So spend some time getting the right things in your eyeballs and the right things out of your mouth. You become what you see and what you say. So the long form for me of my solution, my journey to self-acceptance and understanding who I am and not living in that place where I'm rocked by other people's emotions every five seconds was to do this kind of work where I spent some time with the word and I let it shape me, mold me, change me, renew me. Radically changed my life. I've got a few slides that I wanted to show you. Um, and I would have taken a picture of my own journal, but then I thought, no. Um, <laughs> and anyway, it would have had to be expanded and we'd all be like squinting and, you know, it just wouldn't have been that great. Um, so I have actually a couple, uh, these, this is two pages from my journal. And so what I did was I, I would go through the Bible and I'd pick out a scripture and I'd write it on the left-hand side. And then on the right-hand side, so two pages, yeah, with me? Mm-hmm. A book, yep. Great. So <laughs> scriptures on one side, and then I would pull out the key words on the other side so that I had the scriptural backing and the truth, the power of God that I was standing on, but I also had the short words that I could just say. 
on the other side. So I've got a couple of pages to show you, just so that you really get it. Um, look, it doesn't matter that you can't read the scripture, okay? You can all get these for yourself. But the whole idea is that you're going to the Bible and then you're writing something down. You're going to the Bible and you're writing something down. I can't really read them from this direction, but we'll just flick through a couple of, a couple of things. I'm set apart by God. Okay, can we go to the next one? I think there might be quite a few of these. Thanks, I'm strong. Yep. <laughs> yes, I am a woman of integrity. So I pulled them from a scripture. You can see that it's Ephesians 4, 29 over there. And then it says, I, I am a woman of encouragement. I speak words of encouragement. Thanks, Nicole. Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes, great. So you can see what I mean. I'm blessed. I'm loved. I'm strong. I'm safe. I'm secure. But it's based in scripture. I'm not just making these words up. They're not just things that I'm thinking, fancy thoughts of myself. No, they're based in the Word of God. So you go to the Word of God, you write the scriptures down, and then you pull out the words that you want to highlight. And this becomes a weapon to you. Um, I promise you, this is something I could stand on. You know how how we're not meant to make bold promises? This is a promise. (laughs) I promise you that if you did this, your life would radically change. I promise you that I was a different person at the end of this season than I was at the beginning of it. So Desiree on the floor throwing the Bible versus Desiree six to 12 months later. And a friend came to visit in London and, um, and I overheard her talking to one of our other friends and she said, what's happened to Desiree? Not even joking. That was probably my proudest moment. She was like, what's, what's changed? Why is she like this? And there'd been a renewal that had taken place. There'd be a firm foundation. I was now building my life on a rock, not being blown about by the things of the world and the things that people said, but by the truth and the scripture of God. You know, um, I can't promise you that the feelings of rejection and insecurity, intimidation and fear and anxiety and all of that kind of stuff disappeared overnight because they didn't. But as I walked that journey out, I became stronger And I also became faster at recognizing the lies that were trying to infiltrate my thinking. And I used to, what used to rock me and take me probably six weeks to overcome. Now I had this book and I would just go to it and I'd open up the pages and I'd remind myself how God's made me. And it probably took me six days to overcome it instead of six weeks. And then it was about six minutes. And then I just had that thing down pat. (laughs) Lie comes in, I'm like, ah, out you go. And it's six seconds. And then you've replaced the lie with the truth. Radical, life-changing, practical solution this morning. Worship team, I wonder if you could um, join me back up here because we're going to bring this thing in. Uh, The Word of God is super powerful and it separates lies from truth. And sometimes the lies are so subtle we don't even know they're lies. And we need to get in the words so that we've got the truth of God to stand on. I hope that you will embark on the, your own journey. I truly encourage you to take a minute. Could you dedicate just one month even, spending some time in God's presence and in God's word to rewrite how you feel about yourself and the things you know to be true. You're a masterpiece. You've been created by God. You've been anointed by him. 
I pray that you know it. I pray that it's your reality. You have power to radically shift the world that you live in. Your life can be a reflection of his love. You are called to inspire, to encourage, to love, to declare, to bring grace, to bring goodness, to bring love. You're called to conquer, to be victorious. to be blessed continually, to live sanctified, set apart, called by name, chosen, to know him intimately and to love yourself as he intended for you to do. I wonder if you'd stand with us, stand with me for a minute. Um, I felt really strongly when I was writing this message, so don't turn off right now. I need you to stay focused. This is, this is something that God wanted to say this morning. Really impressed upon my heart that really strongly to remind us all that the chaos that we find around us or the storms that we've found ourselves in recently, perhaps due to the pandemic, perhaps due to family situations, perhaps due to financial strain, perhaps due to anything really, the chaos, the storm on the outside does not need to be your reality on the inside. Don't lose your peace. Don't lose your peace. Find Jesus in the midst of the chaos and let him rebuild you from the inside out. Find out who you are and contribute that unique gift to this community. Unity in diversity. Don't waste another minute living less than your best. Don't waste another minute living on the back foot, hiding, retreating. Come forward, move into all that he has for you. My favorite definition of courage is to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. I pray that God's courage is your portion this morning, that you would step into telling your story with your whole heart. You've been uniquely fashioned, incredibly loved by God. Don't settle for less. Don't shrink back when you need to push forward. Don't retreat. Don't let fear rob you of the promises and the future that God has for you. Revelation of who God is and a revelation of who you are. Gifted and graced, called by name. Get it all from the source this morning. I know that God's doing some work right now. I know that the Holy Spirit is whispering some truth. Could this be a landmark moment for you? Can you hear, can you hear God speaking? Is there one scripture this morning that is ministering to your soul? 
I am blessed. I am strong. I am set apart. I am called. I am chosen. I am a woman of integrity. Loved. Highly favoured. Valuable. Holy God, I declare your sovereignty. I declare right now, Holy Spirit, that you are sealing the truth that we have heard in this moment. No looking back. No shrinking back. No pulling back. I declare freedom to hear from you, Holy Spirit. I declare boldness. I declare courage. I declare, Holy God, that we are a community of people, imperfect people, madly in love with you, Jesus, holding on to revelation, holy God, shifted from this moment forward. Do the work, Jesus. I pray for your radical, shifting power into each of our hearts in this moment. Thank you, Jesus. I declare your grace. I declare your goodness. I declare your love. I declare your grace, holy God, upon this moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this message recorded live at Equipus Church, Dunedin. We pray that it blessed you. For more information, please check out equipuschurch.com.